Welcome to the Daily Dispatch. This is Brad Inman. Today I want to share a personal story about my hourglass. Last year I did an interview with Zillow co-founder Rich Barton and decided to bring an hourglass on stage, kind of a gimmick. Later that got me thinking about the hourglass. It was invented in the 14th century. At the same time, oddly enough, as the mechanical clock was also invented, which became the standard. This was during the Renaissance, so the idea of eternity won out. Keep in mind, the hourglass has a beginning and an end. I have begun to use that hourglass, particularly during the pandemic, in part because it does not have a beginning and an end, because it does rather have a beginning and an end. I have trouble concentrating during these times. Writing and reading are my passion, but hard to do. When I turn that hourglass over, I put everything away, but my book and focus for one hour on reading and then one hour on writing when I turn it over again without any distraction. It is the same with conversations where the hourglass somehow makes you think, Let me, lets me make the conversation more valuable. It becomes about them, not me, and so forth. Why does this work? People say, live in the present. Well, I think that's impossible. Or live a day at a time. Hmm, that is too long with too many ups and downs. An hour at a time is just right, manageable for whatever you're doing, just sitting, meditating, reading, writing, or talking. And when it is done, you feel better. Like life, it has a beginning and an end. So make the most of it. Now let me welcome Glenn Sanford, founder of EXP Real Estate, who has certainly made the most of his life in more ways than one. Hi, Glenn, and welcome. Hey, Brad, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. You doing okay over there or up there? I guess you're in Bellingham. Is that right? I am. Yeah, I I, I got I took my day pajamas off and I'm uh, I'm ready for the day. So uh, up here in uh, Blaine, Washington, uh, just north of Bellingham. What? And I see some trees out there. And uh, is that a view of water or just? Uh... Yes. Yeah. So we're we're right on the the water, the Pacific uh, Ocean, actually. Wow. Toward the island. So. Just oh, that's beautiful. Here. So not a, not a bad spot to uh, to be holed up. Now you've been virtual for years. You've been holed up for a while without an office because that's kind of a found a pillar of uh, of VXP Realty, right? It is, yeah. It's uh, kind of interesting because obviously there's a lot of disruption going on, and uh, you know, as as all the shelter in place orders were taking place here over the last uh, couple of weeks, um, corporately we didn't miss a beat because everybody's already working home office. Everybody's already sort sort of all connected, and. Uh, and, and so other than, um, you know, going to the grocery store and seeing the line for, for, for six feet that you have to stand between everybody, uh, every, life's actually generally the same. Um, of course, we just got back from Australia two weeks ago today, and it was getting a little crazy on that trip. Uh, just I hope how, you didn't give Tom Hanks and his wife a hug when you were over there. Well, we were in the same um, is it state or state uh, as they were when they Oh, announced. you're kidding. Wow. Yeah. So we were in Brisbane. Um, we did the REIQ conference, which is uh, uh, Peter Brewer uh, and, and, and Tara were, were good, hosting Good that. gang of people, aren't they, those two? I love them. Yeah, and then uh, that was, I think, the same day that uh, Tom Hanks announced. So, Wow. It's amazing. Um, it brings home to roost that, you know, anybody, everybody, you know, these diseases are equalizers. In fact, this whole, I described the whole series of events as kind of an equalizer. We're all the same. I remember back in the 80s with um, I was in San Francisco and HIV and AIDS and uh, every 
people didn't take it to heart until celebrities and others, you know, announced they were they were HIV positive and suddenly it kind of brought it home and then you lose a friend and then you lose a colleague and uh, tell me about the rank and file um, at EXP. You must be facing some of that with your folks and how difficult is that? Yeah, so, so far, um, I know that there's been some, some folks that uh, uh, likely have tested positive for, for COVID-19. Um, so far, it doesn't seem like it's actually impacted anybody, you know, dramatically, at least uh, from the leadership and staff side. So we haven't heard anything significant in terms of, uh, of people sort of struggling with the, with the virus. Um, but we're, we're definitely staying, you know, up on it. We just bumped up, uh, we have an internal sort of agent help fund and, 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 uh, fund for, for staff. So we just bumped up that with some extra money and we're expecting some people to request, uh, some funds from that to, uh, to help. Um, but so far, uh, knock on wood, we, we haven't, it hasn't impacted us too much. Well, that's good. Now you have been working virtually for a long time. Give us a couple, maybe three tips for people that haven't had that experience. Um, you know, how to, how to make it work. Right. For yeah. Working from home, let's call it that. And then let's, you have your tools. We'd love to talk about a little, we showcased them in, in Las Vegas, but besides the tools, how do you, how do you cope working from home? Yeah. So I think one of the things is you have to you, you do have to figure out a way to create a lot more overlap with your, with the, with the folks that you normally would work with day to day. So, uh, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why zoom sales have went through the roof is because everybody's going, how do we work together? How do we collaborate together? Um, Slack, I think I heard it's, uh, it's going through the roof in terms of usage. I suspect workplace by Facebook, the same thing, probably, probably Facebook and, and, and private groups in Facebook are probably going nuts, I would suspect. But I think anything that allows you to sort of stay connected in real time uh, with your team is, gonna, is one of the first things that you have to do. So if, if, you're, if you go back and you're, you're simply just using the phone and text messaging, I think you're missing an opportunity to sort of um, connect your organization a lot, uh, a lot closer. That makes sense. You know, one thing I've noticed, um, um, we, we've been virtual for four years at Inman. And so we got 60, 70 or more with contributors and that all over the world. And um, the thing that I, I think I've noticed interviewing people that have not had that experience that are suddenly working from home, they look exhausted. And I was trying to think, why is that? Well, part of it's the times, right? The tension, the anxiety, we all look I mean, you right. look fresh. You probably just ran seven miles or something. But um, the uh, a lot of people are telling me they're exhausted, and I think it's an adjustment. And I think um, we always say communicate, communicate, particularly virtual. But I think some of these folks may be over communicating, so they're getting really tired. And, and I don't want to, but I think there's a way to balance these things. Um, where yes, you got to over communicate but then there's a tipping point. Uh, you also have to kind of let people do their work. Does that make sense? I'm kind of rambling here. It, it does. We're, I mean, I'm kind of going through a similar exercise, but for different reasons. Um, and, you know, I've, I've kind of moved over working with the Verbella team because we've got so many inquiries coming over there. 
but we're having to put together whole new um, workflows and sales processes and all of the sort of the infrastructure so we can be working. And, and that takes a lot of energy. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, even though I don't look exhausted, I've pretty much been going from about six in the morning till about six at night, um, straight through just, just building out systems and, and tools and having conversations and getting everybody aligned and all of that. Were you doing, Glenn, were you doing that before, uh, COVID-19? No, um, the, the, we, the, the, uh, I was doing some light touches with the Verbella team, but uh, with, with, um, with everything going on, once I got back from Australia, I, I jumped in full time with that team because they, they didn't have some of the, the workflow. They didn't have the inbounds of, of people interested in the product either. Now they've, you know, we've got probably a 30 to 50 serious inbound inquiries every day inquiring about how they can potentially put their enterprise on it. So it's a different, different animal. So we're having to like retool all that. And I could just imagine that every, every organization that was physically bricks and mortar based as their primary engagement environment has to kind of go through this whole exercise to really kind of rebuild an entire communication infrastructure. Yeah. Hey Glenn, you, and by the way, I got to tell my audience, I love this guy. He showed up year after year at Connect, often with a new idea and a new software, a new tech. And, and I just, I have so many members of the community like that, entrepreneurs starting out that we try to embrace and support. And a lot of them never like, you know, like that, that pile of bushes that catches fire and takes off. And you, you have. Um, but tell me this, you're, you're cool under pressure, you're calm, you're always steady. When I see you in the green room, you're not freaking out. When I shake your hand, it's not moist or cold. Um, you must have had things in your personal life that prepared you for this, meaning something, as I explained to people, you know, that made you want to stay in bed, not get up and make your bed, and maybe trouble putting one foot in front of the other. Is there anything you can share with our audience, um, something that may have happened that helped you uh, in a situation like this? Um, well, I, yeah, so back in, uh, back in the, I think it was the mid 90s, actually about 96, 97 was one situation where I literally didn't want to get out of bed for, for a number of months. I had uh, prior, I had built a um, internet marketing company that was uh, supported direct sales organizations and I was building template websites for all of their distributors. And then uh, at the same time, a bunch of them were wanting me to build out a email network. So I was uh, unfortunately one of the first ma uh, major spammers in the United States at one time in my career. Um, I actually resisted it. I told them, hey, this is not a good idea. This doesn't make any sense. And they threw money at me and said, go build it anyway. So I built it and, um, uh, and, and I was actually doing the billing and doing sort of all the, all the pieces to it. And then all the different backbones on the internet started cutting all of their connections to anybody who was doing bulk email. So, the, so we were on a backbone called Aegis and Aegis charged more for a T1 than anybody else because they were supporting sort of this side of the business. But AT&T cut, was cutting them off and all the other backbones were cutting them off to actually deal with the traffic. So um, I ended up... Um, uh, from that experience, kind of, uh, kind of in debt, because uh, I ended up paying you know, a bunch of people off in in terms of once we didn't get it through, and and then I'm like going, man, I I need to go back and I need to maybe just get a real job, and 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 I was that was sort of one of those formative 
situations where it's like for about a month or two, I'm like going, do I want to go do kind of the normal job, nine to five, that type of thing? Or do I want to be an entrepreneur? And it took me a bit of time to sort of realize that I am at my DNA core, an entrepreneur, and that, that I, I can't um, really do a real job in a normal sense, which is probably why, quite frankly, I got fired from every real job I ever had when I was younger. You know, Glenn, it's amazing. Every entrepreneur I know um, got fired. Um, and it, it is often the, one of the foundational elements of the inspiration, you know, of going out on your own when you don't have to report to anybody and don't have to respond to anybody. I know I'm kind of a crazy person. And so it'd be very, I haven't had a real job reporting to a boss in so many years um, since I was in my 20s. But I don't, I don't think I would get hired or I'd probably get fired pretty quickly. So I'm with you. Hey, um, tell me about... And this is kind of the standstill, standstill, standstill question. Uh, something Robert Rufkin described it as. I, I describe it, not recession, not a depression, a deep freeze, only to come up with language that describes the economy's frozen now. It looks like you know there's stuff right. going on, but it's just if GDP, if we had those numbers now, it'd freak us out. I think um, it looks to me like real estate is coming to a grinding halt. What's your message to agents? Um, you know, the, these agents, you know, well, they're, they're commission-based. They don't get a salary. They don't get maternity leave, paternity leave. They don't get health insurance. Um, they don't get sick leave. I mean, what is right. it you're telling them right now? Or what are they telling each other in terms of mentally and financially and every other way? Yeah, so we're, you know, we're approaching a couple different ways. One is, and, and so I spoke at our leadership meeting um, two Fridays ago, um, and, and I really, my message to them was, uh, to, to our agents was, hey, one, first agents, generally speaking, don't ever get their continuing education hours until literally it's the 11th hour of their renewal. So I'm like going, okay, why don't you do it while you got some downtime? Because um, it just makes sense to get that out of the way while, you, while, while things are slow. Uh, another one that I, we, we've talked about is, you know, make sure you're getting in and truly um, working uh, Organizing your database. Now, uh, you know, a lot of people don't have organized databases in real estate, as you know. And so, you know, there's an opportunity to potentially, you know, go in and, and make sure that you are well organized in your database. Um, the, the other piece is we're, we're pretty socially connected as an organization, which is pretty cool, even though we're geographically distributed. But we, you know, we, we're, we're thinking about all the different ways we can pour into agents from an education and training perspective. And, uh, so, so that's, that's the other part is give, you know, give agents um, more opportunities to connect with some of the best training and, and that they possibly can. Um, and, and similar to, you know, I, I know KW is doing uh, some stuff on, I think they're, they, they did uh, $20 million worth of, you know, coaching and, and, and things for their agents that they're investing. We're investing, you know, in coaching and collaboration as well for us. And I think that that's one of the ways that as a, real estate organization, you can give back. I mean, you've got, you know, lots of broker owners who are highly experienced, maybe haven't um, been in the, uh, been training as much, but the more you can get out there, be in front of your agents, really train them with either the basics or even, even some of the things that they'll need to know after they come out. I think those are some. I love that, Glenn. So, you know, one is get your house in order. Like I clean my damn garage and, you know, put that off forever, but your house, meaning your personal house, your. Yep. 
here, uh, but also getting, this is a huge, great time to be educated and, uh, you know, to learn. Um, Inman is flooded with traffic like never before, and we're trying to step up and do more and more and more, but there's also a lot of great content creation going on. A new generation, I called it maybe media, you know, two. We, you know, first disruptor was blogging and individual, the democratization or whatever you want to call it, of, of writing and publishing. But there's a new cast of characters now that are creating content in small groups. And uh, really, and, and it's funny, I see elements of TikTok, you know, not entertainment, but choreographed shows, not just right. random social commentary. I think social was great for um, communication, but really wasn't a media play. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm seeing a bubbling up of a new type of media that uh, I really like and, and we're trying to embrace. Um, and I think it's, it's really healthy. And the agent community is funny. You know, no one's better poised to do that kind of stuff um, because um, they, they absorb everything and they, they want to be out there and uh, they have all the characteristics to, to really contribute a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, one I'm I'm sure you're familiar with Twitch and and some of these uh, streaming services that you know a lot of these gamers are sort of are, are playing and and there's lots of people watching the people play online games. But it does seem to me that you know right now there's uh, there is a democratization of training content. Obviously, you know stuff filtering through Facebook and all the other places that uh, you mentioned TikTok. But I, I think there, you know, there's opportunities to potentially think about, you know, what does somebody do if they could aggregate all that content? You know, obviously you guys are well positioned to potentially you know, create an aggregation of real-time training content from from agents, almost like a Twitch channel for for training. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. In fact, we're working on, as you can imagine, I'm like you, an entrepreneur, working on all kinds of things. Right. that we'll be announcing very soon. But we, we're trying to stick to our core mission, which is deliver the news every day. Um, as tragic as the events are, it's a great time to be in the news business because the duty of the obligation really it comes up. So back to this frozen um, horizon beyond taking care of, you know, kind of your house now. How do you, you think and how should others think about the other side? meaning this will be over. I mean, I was impressed. I don't know if they're right. Goldman Sachs says Q3, Q4, we're frozen in place. It may not quite be like 9-11 where it didn't take long for everything to get up and going. There's probably, because we're now in some sort of economic downturn, unlike 9-11. Um, and it took us a while to come back from 2010. It was slow. But take us to the other side. What are the other things to prepare for that? so that you're alive and well, and, and then what do you do once things start to recover? Big fat question there, man. Yeah, well, I think one, one thing we have to sort be real about who, where we are as individuals in this, in this crisis. Some of us are, you know, don't have a lot of reserves. Some of us, you know, don't, you know, already had a fair bit of credit card debt. We already had things that were sort of, um, you know, in our, uh, in our house that maybe doesn't make us as agile going forward. But uh, I think we have to sort of just understand and take an assessment of where we're at personally uh, at the very beginning of this. Because once you sort of own that, then it actually makes it a lot easier to move forward. So if we say, hey, we have, you know, X amount of debt, we, you know, our, you know, income in real estate, who knows what it's going to be, but maybe it's 50, 60%, 70% of what we were 
uh, expecting toward the end of the year. And, uh, uh, and so we're gonna have a reduction in the amount of transactions that take place. Uh, we have to figure out a way to make um, th up the difference. And, and some of it I think is gonna come down to how do you manage your debt? How do you, you know, which credit cards do you choose not to pay? How do you sort of get a small, potentially a small business loan if you're, if you qualify for, for, for that to sort of get you through to the next phase? So I think it's really just taking an honest assessment of where you're at. I, I think one of the challenges we're seeing is that there's a lot of um, agents who weren't highly productive to begin with. And now they're sort of, now they're even you know, more concerned that there's even fewer deals to do uh, than they were doing before. So they're, you know, out applying for jobs that don't exist um, to try to get a, to get a, a day job. And uh, I think there's going to be, there's going to have to be support networks that we put in, I think, as organizations. I think that uh, uh, to some extent. Um, Financial, emotional, all the above. All the, all, all the above. Um, you know, we, we as an organization, you know, and, and similar to, to others, we've, we've got an, um, some funds that we put together to help agents in need and and for that matter staff in need and uh, normally it's isolated to a specific geographic spot on the map so you've got a large number of people who are unaffected that are able to sort of pour into that um, but the flip side of it is, is i'm not sure once this all all flows out that that the, it's going to be as health impactful as it it sort of looked like at the beginning i'm, I'm sort of i'm doing some of my my own internal math uh, on this. And uh, back in mid-February, I was going, man, this thing is going to be kind of really bad. And of course, you know, we've got, you know, 100,000 plus cases in the U.S., but I think the undiag uh, undiagnosed cases is super high and lots of those people are recovering just fine. They're not getting tested because they don't need to. And, and so I think what we're going to hopefully uh, find out is that, the, that there's a lot of people who have already had this that we didn't have to worry about getting it to begin with. And so, the virus then will pass over, and your worry now is economic. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's more, yeah. more economic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think we don't know. Um, you know, I can imagine a restaurant in New York getting up and going as soon as they can um, mm -hmm. if they haven't been obliterated and can still afford inventory or buy the, you know, the food to serve the rest, you know, in the restaurants. Um, I think others, it's going to be harder. And... Um, uh, yeah, I just don't know. I think these are the unknowns. I, I said recently, that anyone that's pious right now, and you're certainly not at all, we just really don't need them anymore because anyone that says they have all the answers, um, you know, we just don't know. The best, right. I guess the, the best we can do is respond intelligently, responsibly, compassionately to people I, I, that are suffering. I, I do think that, you know, as you think about the real estate business in general, when we go forward after things start to open up, I think what we'll find is that more people are going to be um, social distancing even after um, yeah. the crisis, uh, which which does mean that you know we predicted, you predicted, many people have predicted sort of the the, the non bricks and mortar based enterprises or or very minimal bricks and mortar based enterprises. Uh, but I think that you're, you're going to see the Matterports and the iSpy 360s of the world really becoming a dominant yeah. way to view homes. Um, you're going to have sellers insisting that the buyers have actually previewed the home in some meaningful way before they come walking through their home. And, and buyers are going to want to go through fewer homes to begin with to actually purchase a home. And, and so, 
Yeah, and I, I think you and I, you know, I, might, I don't want to tutor on horn, but I think you and I both known that just there's going to be more transactions, it'd be more efficient, more people see houses quicker, more people, you know, you'll be able to sort out who's really interested. We can close things faster and quicker and easier. And the industry's response to that was, oh, no, you got to do this. This is the way it's done. I got to show them the house. I got to do this. Right. I understand that they're just stuck to like we all are to traditions. Like I'm stuck mm -hmm. to the tradition of eating. But um, they were stuck to traditions. And now they're learning, wow, we didn't need all that stuff. And in fact, um, and so it's been a you know, lemonade in the lemons, right? There's been a right. forcing function of behavior, like working from home. Yep. And um, I think that's going to finally, we're going to get to that digital transaction really fast because people are going to see the benefits, um, if nothing else. Well, in, in 2009, uh, the reason why we went fully virtual was because, one, I didn't want to go raise a bunch of money um, and I couldn't afford offices. And so it was the, you know, that whole phrase, necessity is the mother of invention. And uh, we're hearing about um, uh, signing services and trying to get legislation passed where you can do all this stuff electronically and remote. And, and so all the closing, I think the digital closing is, is going to be something that's not a, it's not a nice to have, it's a necessity. Uh, going exactly. Back. You know, it's funny. It's, Whenever I would argue about all this, they go, yeah, but what about local notary laws and state laws? And what about this? And what about, guess what? They're all being Changed eliminated. Real time. Yeah, real time. So no one will have that excuse anymore. Yep. Anyone sends me a paper doc after this, I'm going to say, are you crazy? Um, hey, Glenn, I could talk to you for an hour. I always, you're, you're very soothing and re, you're, you're reassuring and uh, you're quite the innovator. And uh, the, I'm really happy that all of your agents, the industry has you right now because you're, you're steady at the helm of the ship in some very rough waters. Um, is there any last words for the Inman community, which uh, I know really loves you? You know, I think there's a, what I've been just sort of playing with here, especially, you know, Inman community is, is really the, really the tech savvy community of real estate, at least a large portion of the, the Inman community is there's a lot of tools out there. I was just playing with earlier today, um, the Amazon contact center. Now it might sound mm -hmm. kind of, kind of, kind of a little bit sort of out there, but you know, we, if you think about any office that, you know, had, has to figure out how do we route phone numbers? How do we route calls to, to our agents? What are, you know, whether, you know, I think one, one of the things they're going to look at is we got to get off of our old, our old way of sort of managing um, communication. And uh, there's so many tools out there that can, you know, route uh, information um, to, to both your agents and your, and, and, and reconnect you with your customers. So I think there's, it's a great time to just, to get nerdy and, and to really kind of dive into some of the tools that you've um, ne not had time to right now you got time. So play, you know, play with it, set up a, set up a little call center on Amazon um, contact center. It's, it's basically free to do. And now you can sort of say, okay, here's, here's another thing we could do. Here's a way to connect them with our agents. Here's a way to connect them with our managing brokers. Here's a way to connect them with our, you know, whoever it is in your organization. Um, and it's like, it's kind of a fun, cool techie project that you can sort of knock out in an afternoon if you wanted to. That's beautiful. Now, what was the expression? I want to get this right. It's time to get nerdy. Nerdy. I, I love that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, 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 I have a little clip I'm going to 
um, published on Monday about the Wheaties box. And uh, I said, it's time to put someone other than a sports figure on there, like a, a, a doctor working on the virus. But it reminds me, you know, um, how the, the value of the nerd right now, you know, and you're one of them proudly, I know. Yeah, and, yeah I'm and, still doing and, it. And, and I love that about you. So the Amazon Contact Center, um, it's time to be a nerd. I love it. Hey, thank you so much for your time on, on this on this uh, day and uh, good luck with managing through this. And uh, if anything in me can do to help, you've already given me a couple ideas here. Uh, stay in touch, but thank you very much, Glenn. Awesome, thanks, Brad, appreciate it. This is Brad Inman checking out. Tune in soon to my next podcast and we'll keep trying to get people as impressive and interesting as, as my pal Glenn. Take care. <laughs>